Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Want to Game. I am your host, Alex, and joining me as always is my good old buddy and pal of mine, Jonathan. Hey, how's it going, Alex? I was uh, busy dancing to some polka music, oh, and now I'm boy. back. Yeah, yeah, if you hear phantom polka in the background, you'll know why. Uh, but we're not alone in the room today. Someone has broken through our barriers through the door. The ghost? The, oh, the ghost. Uh, and this ghost is a good friend of ours. Uh, please introduce yourself. Uh, hello everybody. I am Bristol, but I am no friend of theirs. That's true. That's true. She's an enemy of ours. Arrival. Yes. Mm-hmm. And today, before we get into anything, I'd like to uh, tell a, a little story. A, 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 little, a little adventure that all three of us went on recently with some buddies we wanted to go play some games but not just any games hold on alex start earlier start earlier it was 1965 it was 1965 (laughs) the 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 crabfish jamboree was just beginning and we wanted to play some board games but you know we've already played all the board games at both of our houses, we want to try something new, we want to try some place new. And we found a nice little board game store, but not just any board game store, a board game cafe mm-hmm. store. And what was the name of this board game cafe store? It may have been Geeky Tees. Geeky Tees. Geeky Tease. That is right. Now, before I continue, I would just like to specify this is not a sponsored episode. I would love to be sponsored. Yeah, they should them, sponsor us. They should us. sponsor us. But it <laughs> Five is Five star Yelp review. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. Wait, 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 wait. Why are you guys talking about a board game store? And more specifically, what in the world do you mean by a board game cafe? Well, Geeky Tease is a special little place. Because not only can you go in find some interesting board games to purchase, but you can get some wide variety of teas, all with various fun, you know, gaming-related names and such. And when I say teas, I don't mean t-shirts. I mean drinking teas. Special teas. Special teas, if you will. And not only that- The tea that you spill. The tea that you spill. Spill the tea, sis. Anyway. That was excellent. Thank you, thank you. they also have snacks, chocolates and candies and little things like that. And not only do they have that, they go even above and beyond. They have cats. Mm-hmm. They have cats that you can just pet and play with or, or even adopt should you want to. It's very, very delightful and great. And not only that, the piece de resistance. You can go, pay five bucks, lock in, look at all the board games they have, pick out any game you want, and take it to a table, open it up, and play it. No time limit besides, you know, when the store closes, and you just test out the game, and you see if you like it. And that is what we did. We played a little game called Betrayal at House on the Hill. We had a lot of fun, we ate snacks, we pet cats, and then we left feeling real good. And this is what this episode's about. This episode is about the shopping experience. The idea of going to a place and buying yourself a game. Now, 
Jonathan Bristol, please mm-hmm. give me your insights here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm throwing geeky tees up on a, on a pedestal here. But what did you guys think of the experience? Why did you originally go there? What what was it made it so appealing in the first place? And did you enjoy your time? Yeah, I enjoyed my time a lot. As for why I went to Geeky Tees, like most things I do, everyone else was doing it, so I figured, why not? Peer pressure. Peer pressure, yes, exactly. But it was a fantastic time. Um, some other things that I loved about it were you, they have a mailing list where if you spend a dollar, you get a point, and mm. 10 points equals a free candy, 100 points equals a free specialty tea. Oh it's actually goodness. a really good reward system. That's actually really I didn't even know about that. I want to sign up on that. Yeah, you got to sign for that. I already have 10 points. I already get a free candy next time Oh I my go. God, this is not sponsored. This is this not, not sponsored. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. Um, but also the price. Alex, Speaking well, of that, why, why do you have a lot of hundreds? I don't know, man. Maybe if I just went on down to Geeky Tees, I could spend this <laughs> on a lot of hundreds. Alex, on... why are you covered in Geeky Tees kittens? Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. But if you want to get some nice cats, you can drop on down to Geeky Tees. <laughs> But speaking of the prices, um, still not sponsored, but the prices are just great. I mean, you can get the little bag of sun chips or the candy, all for a dollar each. A dollar. A dollar each, and mm-hmm. it only costs five bucks per person to play any day of the week. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You can bring in your own games, like most places, but still good to know. Um, and also they have their own sets of dice, an individual die, an individual die is only a dollar. They have the whole bucket full of them. They're so cool looking and interesting. And that's what sets it apart for me. The idea of the merchandise that you can buy is unique. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that about yeah. it. And what about you, John? What did you think? Yeah, I, I thought that the layout of the store was really interesting. I mean, as we mentioned, it has, you know, unique aspects like roaming cats and their own little tea shop. Uh... But I also like the fact that they do have kind of their main board game shop. And, you know, I've been to plenty of board game shops. But then they have basically this whole separate area, and as you mentioned, Alex, where you can search for various games uh, to play. Uh, And it's only like $5 to kind of... You're kind of renting a game Mm -hmm, of sorts. mm -hmm. Um, And they also allow you to bring your own game as well. So I just kind of like the community aspect of it. I think... That's something that board game stores in general do really well, uh, especially in the kind of events that they have. And you know, we'll probably dive more into this a little later on. But uh, I've definitely had experience going to you know specific events at. Uh, board game shops Mm -hmm. and uh, it's something that I've always appreciated. Yeah, speaking of the community aspect and events, I think another awesome aspect of it is that they hold these gaming event nights so for any of you who are like Oh, guys, I love board games, but nobody likes me. I have no friends to play them with. Me! Yes, Jonathan. (laughs) See, like I said, he's not my friend. But if that's you, if you're Jonathan, then you can go to these free special event nights and other people will be there and you just form groups and you play the games and they're having a free fiasco, which, as you all know, we love fiasco. We love fiasco. So it's just a really communal experience. And in a, I don't know, in a digital age, there's the analog gameplay still thriving mm. at least for us yeah for sure for sure so from there i want to move away from geeky Tees a little bit we've given them enough praise as is <laughs> i want to talk about a larger thing that, that we, we we just briefly touched on when it comes to any kind of of experience when you are going out to buy yourself a board game you know what do you like to see in general from the shopping experience? Like, obviously, Geeky Tees goes above and beyond in a lot of ways, but obviously not everyone, and not every store is going to have cats to adopt, you know? So so what things 
are appealing to you. And personally, John, you brought up a very good point that I like to jump, you know, bandwagon on here. To me, a big thing when it comes to any kind of gaming or hobby shop is atmosphere and sense of community. When I when I go to a board game shop and it just feels nice and cozy. C-O-Z-Y, cozy. You go in, you see all of these games. There's that like that smell of cardboard and just, you know, like a thin layer of dust. And it's it feels good. It feels like homely. And it's just, it's, it's nice to see. Uh, obviously, community is a big important element too. Obviously, you know, some people in the gaming community can be very, you know, territorial or things like that. But if you can have that atmosphere of like, hey, everyone's invited. There's a million things to try. There's a million things to look at. There's people here that you can discuss things with or, or play a game of, I don't know, Magic the Gathering or some other card game or board game or anything. That is, always feels good. That feels in welcoming, inviting. And it makes me want to spend money. And in this capitalist society, is that not what matters? It's true, Alex. I think the the appeal for me with a lot of these types of shops is that it kind of it embodies the same sort of ethos that we have for the show, which is we all love games. Let's appreciate them together. And I think that the best experiences I've had at these kind of stores have always been the ones where, first and foremost, that people who run the store are very inviting and make it seem like, you are already a part of their community. Mm -hmm. And I think in our recent experience, that was the case. Mm -hmm. uh, that was also the case where actually one of uh, the first times I played uh, the game, The Final Girl, it was at this uh, board game store. That was actually pretty far from me, so it wasn't my like, local game shop. Um, but they instantly kind of said, like, oh, come on in, like, here's our area where we have, like these kind of free plays and I went there actually expecting to play Fiasco but mm. then there are too many people so we ended up playing the final girl and this was a group that you know regularly met and played games like Fiasco and obviously I was kind of odd man out but they just instantly kind of integrated me into the group and I think it's something really special especially as you're saying Alex that there definitely can be you know gatekeepers in gaming and when you see the opposite of that really nice. Mm -hmm. What about you? What about you, Bristol? Well, Alex, um, mm -hmm. going back to when do you want to buy a game, what do you look for when you go to buy a game, mm -hmm. um, I agree with what you said about the atmosphere being very important, but even more so than that, where your money is going, because obviously every big chain corporation sells games. You know, you can get Catan literally anywhere, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. the idea of it being a, a mom-and-pop store that has ethical practices, I'm not going to praise Geeky Tees specifically anymore. You know, they'll have to pay for the sponsorship for that, mm -hmm. but any sort of game shop, you know that these people who are running it love games and that your money's going to a good place as opposed to just being lost in the void of Amazon or whatever. That's true. So. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so this brings me to another question. Uh, so when we go out to buy something or when we're just buying a game or game-related thing in general, beyond the store itself, what kind of shoppers are we? What, what are we looking for? How do we spend things? How do we whatever? Because here's the thing. I am the first to admit that I am a bit a bit of a penny pincher when it comes to games. As someone, as someone who 
loves games and plays a lot more games than he probably should, I can be very cautious when it comes to when I'm gonna buy games. I'm gonna wait for the sale. I'm gonna look at the reviews. I'm gonna really think about my purchases. But at the same time, I do have my moments of, of, of you know, hype craze takes over and I wanna buy something. Very recently when we played, uh, you know, Betrayal uh, at House on the Hill, I had, you know, so much fun playing that game and just getting back into it. I was like, I was talking to John before the show, like, oh man, let's just go down to the store right now, let's pick it up. And that's the thing, you know, I generally, I try to avoid that. I try to be very cautious about it, but at the same time, and, and I think that's, that's why the kind of free play, give it a try model at, at uh, Kiki Tees or any other similar board game store is so great, you know, because yeah, you might try before you buy and not like something, but if you try it and you do like it, and now it's like, yeah, you could go back, you could play it again, but then you could keep it, huh? Have it in your own place, play it whenever you want, when you have people over, of course. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of how like I try to tackle things, you know, very cautious, but then I'll, I'll give myself those moments of like, no, let me dive in and let me get this thing right now. What about you guys? Well, just to touch on the point you made about that specific model, I think it is really effective to kind of get a try a lot of games, and you know, a lot of video games do this as well, um, with kind of like free trial weekends, uh, stuff like that. Fallout 76 almost got me. Mm-hmm. They tempted. Don't. Don't bring that game up. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. You know how I feel about Fallout. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Very, very strong feelings. Very passionate. Um, but... I don't know. I don't think that it's necessarily like 100% effective. And I mean, Bristol, maybe you can also speak on this because I know that you've been to more than just that board game cafe. So do you feel like just that model in general is like the best kind of like a board game shop model or is it just one that's not always like effective? Uh, well, there's pros and cons of a lot of different models, but I do think that if we're talking about GGTs, that is a pretty amazing model for mm-hmm. me um, in terms of shopping. It, like getting being able like, to the shop around the games before you have to buy them but in terms of what kind of shopper I am when it comes to games it takes a lot for me to buy a game the only two board games I own are Killer Bunnies and mm-hmm. Catan and those are both tied to very deeply treasured memories with my friends and that's why I felt compelled to get them um, Betrayal at the House of the Hill was a fantastic game and I enjoyed playing it with everyone I would go in to buy it like mm-hmm. go in money wise to buy it, I mean, but in terms of owning it for myself, it's not a priority yet. Yes, that's yeah. true. That's, that's true. a fair point. I think I'm on like the far end of the impulsive buyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're looking at this like a spectrum, um, to give you an example, uh, I recently got the starter set for Call of Cthulhu, and I've been really getting into that and yes. just kind of setting up on. And when we were in that store mm-hmm. and I saw the kind of keeper rule book, I was like, yeah. oh, I don't, I, like in my mind, I was like, oh, I don't need this yet. But in my craze mm-hmm. of, you know, being in, really excited about In your Lovecraftian this, madness that yes, was brought you're right. on. <laughs> I, I, should, uh, I should make a sanity. Yeah. Me. Honestly, honestly, I don't think we'd be able to fully pull it off yet, but Call a Cthulhu episode of Want a Game, you know, radio play, old school, supernatural spooks, could be fun. Yeah. Um, But the other kind of end of that is, you know, with something like the Steam Summer Sale, there Mm -hmm. were quite a few summers in a row where I was like, oh, there are all these games I've been needing to try out, they're so cheap right now, 
and I just spent a boatload of money, which obviously what. Mm-hmm. Then you get the backlog, and, and now you get. And out. yeah, now mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened to me. There are so many games I haven't even downloaded, yeah. and I mean, it's nice in theory of like, oh, I have all these games. Just like you know, playing of like the board games I have. I'm looking over at my like shelf of board games. Some of them I play, you know, pretty frequently and have a lot of great memories with. Some of them, like you know, the Resistance, I played like a handful of times because mm-hmm. I ended up buying other games that are like Secret Hitler that are just kind of better versions of it so that doesn't get a lot of play um, yeah. and that's that's the kind of tricky thing when it comes to that impulsive side of buying is that you really do have to evaluate like how much you know are you going to put into this game like mm-hmm. if we were to buy Betrayal like how much are we yeah. going to you know reasonably play it it's a good thing to discuss for sure uh from there so we know we've now discussed what we like to see and what we personally are kind of like philosophies or just what we know about ourselves when it comes to buying games and things like that let's talk about what we don't like to see things that might you know push us away if not from the store itself from just making a solid purchase now that may seem a bit odd like what, what could really if you're into buying games what could stop you from wanting to buy those games let me give a personal example. There was a board game shop uh, back in Boston. Name eludes me at this point. I think I might know the one. Yeah, I think you. I think you. We've got, well all been there, and it was a good shop. There was a good things, a good selection of things to get. I got plenty of Dungeons and Dragons minifigures yes, okay, there. This is things the one like I was that. Thinking. And it was cool. It's always cool to have like a shop that you can go to. However, there were plenty of times where I went by and I always found myself just window shopping but never committing to a purchase. And part of it was, oh, I want to make sure some buddies are going to want to play this, oh, it's a time thing. But I think another thing about it was there was about maybe one to two people working at the store and they very much were kind of in their own little corner. They were just minding their business, doing their jobs, which is fine. I'm sure they, they are great people, but... Whenever I came by here, there was a sense where it's like, oh, there's not a lot of people around. It's kind of small. There's so many games. There's a, there's a bit of a sense of like overwhelmingness, like, oh, where do I even start? And there's no one there to really help you that much on like what what ones could be cool, what what was the recommendations, things like that. So I'd find myself looking at all these games and reading the backs and thinking, oh, these are kind of cool, but they're very expensive, and I'd have to talk with friends, and I hadn't seen all these games before. I'll come back later. And it stopped me from making purchases that I probably would have. So I that's feel why like they went out of business. Alex. They did. They did. And it's very unfortunate. I, I never want to see a store go out of business. Of course. But so. that's kind of the atmosphere that I got, that it was a very quiet place. And even though it was like, once again, like a mom and pop style store, there was this sort of sense of like, all right, here it is. Good luck. You know, there was nothing to really help you. The organization wasn't great it was just kind of walls and walls of games and you kind of figure it out as you look around and i feel like maybe hand holding is not the right word but you know 
for for plenty of people who are just trying to get into the hobby, having that greater sense of like, hey, here are things that you can, if not try, you know, look at and get a better understanding of what they are is important. And when when the store is just kind of leaving you to your own devices, you know, unless you are a, a hardcore, you know, game aficionado, you know what you're looking for, I think that, cause, that may cause a little bit of trouble for me personally. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think that... We we already have talked a lot about how important the kind of environment of store is, and for me, I think a kind of smaller facet of that is just the catered experience. And I think there's a reason why you know even though GameStop is like a chain, there's a reason why I bought the majority of my like physical copies of games there as opposed to like Target or Walmart or something like that, which mm-hmm. has the same exact games. Like you're not unless you do one of their like pre-order bullshit mm-hmm. things like you're getting basically like the same copy of the game mm-hmm. so there's really no reason not to just go to target but i think what drew me to that physical store is the idea of like oh this is a video game store mm-hmm. and the same thing goes with like board games like i'd yeah. rather like go to a store that is specifically specialized towards that because then you also get a sense that like if you do need help kind of figuring something out that someone is more likely to To know know. and help you out yeah what about you bristol yeah alex i agree Mm -hmm. um i think it also all goes back to the idea of the tribe and whatnot you know we like to be around like-minded people we like to support like-minded people we like the idea of go being able to go into a shop and talk to people about which games we like or don't like, and they'll be able to hold a conversation about it. Um, that obviously plays into the atmosphere that Alex was talking about, but it really is the most important factor in what sets these specialty stores apart from the big chains is their specialties. So I think it's very relevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Now, before we move on to like a last big section I'd like to dive in, I'd like to briefly discuss, because we've been talking about you know, GameStop has come up in Steam summer sales and things like that, but mainly we've been focusing on board game shops and, and mom and pop, we know, tabletop games and things like that. I want to discuss the difference between shopping for a board game and shopping for a video game and, and, and what I kind of personally take note of when it comes to this. So we brought this up before, uh, uh, Bristol, like specifically you brought up the fact of like, oh, you don't own a lot of board games yourself because the ones that you do get are usually have sentimental value. And if you are going to put money on a game, you want to have some friends who are also going to split it because mm-hmm. yeah, that's the thing. Board games by their nature, m- the vast majority have to be multiplayer games. And because of that, when you go to a board game store, you're not really thinking of it for yourself, you're thinking about it for you and your friends. If anything, it almost makes buying a board game easier if, if you're really in the market for it because you know, if you've talked to your friends about it, hey, we can all split it and this $60 board game or something, if it's like a real big one with lots of pieces and like mechanical bits and baubles, is really, it's gonna be 10 bucks each or, or 15 or, or, or five, like there's enough players for it. Uh, and that is very fun because it becomes a communal thing and you, and you personally don't feel like you're spending that much money on it versus when you go to a video game store, generally you're buying it for yourself. Yes, there might be online multiplayer, you might have a friend and you might like co-op the game. 
but more often than not, you're going to be playing online or you're going to get a single player game. So when, when I personally go to a video game store, be it GameStop or, or a, a smaller mom and pop or something else, I very much, you know, I'm going to be a little more cautious because the prices are usually high, you know, if it's a new game, 60 bucks, even if it's a cheaper game or one on sale, you know, I really got to think like, hey, am I going to be able to set the time aside to personally play through this thing? Is this going to be a game that I really like? And sometimes, sometimes you go in and it's just like, I'm going to find something that looks interesting and is cheap and I'm just going to pick it up. And I've gotten some good games because of that. But at the same time, I think there's something to be said of the communal aspect of like a board game shopping experience versus the more individual shopping experience when it comes to a digital game. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think the one thing that has made me gravitate towards board game shops mm -hmm. is increasingly I've just been buying games like through, for example, like the PlayStation Digital store, stuff. Mm -hmm. or, or just through Steam. Mm -hmm. So that completely changes the shopping experience. It's very, you know, we'll be getting more into that in a bit. Trust uh, me. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I think that there is plenty of value from even getting, you know, tabletop games from online sources. You know, mm -hmm. for example, with uh, Call of Cthulhu, I technically am getting a physical copy of it delivered, but I. When I order it, I got a digital copy, and that's how I've been able to start studying up on it. So I'm not like completely opposed to you know the digital trend, but there is something really nice about like being able to physically go to a store and just kind of browse. You know, that's something that like I you know also miss about like you know my video game buying experience is the idea of just kind of browsing like remembering like oh yeah this game came out i was like hyped about this and then kind of forgot about it mm -hmm. uh there there have been playing experiences like that even in recent years from I mean, the few times i have gone to a store where i'm like oh wait i've been holding out from buying this game but like now now's the time mm -hmm. Now, Bristol, I know you're not the, the biggest video game person or, mm -hmm. or potential digital shopper, but do you have any specific thoughts on this or ideas or...? Uh, yes, well, I think for me, um, well, the only video game that I've ever bought, I did buy at GameStop. It was Animal Crossing, the most Amazing. iconic game ever. It, yes, yeah. you, are um, you excited for uh, New Horizons? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and Animal Crossing also has sentimental value because my brother, I used to watch my brother play it and he would watch me play it when we were kids. And so I think a lot of gameplay in general has to do with the communal aspect for me, not just with board games. So the idea of I, buying something from a digital shop and mm -hmm. playing it alone seems very, to me, impersonal yeah. and not what I, I, I like the competitive nature of gaming, but also the communal nature. I think they're mm -hmm. both very important. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would rather go to a physical place because there's going to be people there, and I'd love to talk to people about my interests yeah. as well. So. so we've already dived into course. this, but let's go even further. Digital stores versus the brick and mortar, the pros and cons. We've already talked about the, the some of the negatives with digital versus the pros of brick and mortar, which is community, as we said a million times, actually being to see people and talk to people and, and, and you know, you know, it's more closer to what gaming is about, which is, you know, playing with friends and things like that. But at the same time, as someone who has bought their fair share of digital games, as someone who, who uses uh, the Xbox Game Pass, where it's like $1 entry fee, and you can download all these games that you want, and then like 15 a month, or blah, 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 digital can be real convenient, real nice, you know? 
especially if like you're an introvert like me and you don't want to go out you don't want to make it a huge thing you don't want to talk to people or whatever it's in your shop it's in your personal collection your machine or whatever or if it's amazon it will be shipped directly to you in the next day or two and that can be real convenient uh especially with with digital you can make it so okay now because if it's a video game especially if it's a digital game okay it's just downloaded on your machine you don't have to worry about taking care of the physical thing it's not eating up like literal space digital space within your machine sure but there's not like you are you gonna put it things like that sure. yeah and for for my old lazy bones that's very good but at the same time, when it comes to a digital storefront, you know, be it a uh, board game or otherwise, uh, with a digital storefront, you lose that personal connection. There, you know, you don't know whether you're getting like the best deal you could get. You know, is, is Amazon really the best option versus eBay versus whatever? Uh, if it's a video game, you know, if you don't have the physical version of it, there's always that risk of like, well, what happens to your machine? What if it gets all scrambled up and you lose your game or some weird corporate uh, BS is happening and they pull it off of the store and you can't download it again or something like that. So there's a lot of pros and cons when it comes to digital digital versus physical in a lot of ways. Uh, I'll throw out another con for physical stores, what they have in stock. Because mm. sometimes, yeah. you know, as you mentioned earlier, Bristol, they didn't have killer bunnies in yeah, stock. Most physical game stores don't have killer bunnies. It's fairly obscure, but obviously you OG fans who were here for the first time what's on here know killer bunnies is my favorite board game ever. Um, and I had to buy it on Amazon. That was the only way I could find it. I can't even find it in Walmart or Target. It's that obscure. Mm -hmm. So it's really to physical stores detriment that they yeah. don't have. A, they all have like the same games, the big yeah. games essentially. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. hard to find hidden gems. And obviously, like I can definitely hear preferences for like yeah. There's a lot of great things at the physical store, but you know, another point for digital, especially between you and me, John, Steam and and other things like uh, 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 good old games. Or, you know, if you're if you're a real controversial epic game store, things like that, <laughs> is like, yeah, you can just download these games whenever. And then you can go to the social forms on those store pages and talk about the games. Or you can go get like a digital trading card. Steam has a lot of like little bits and baubles that like Increase that community aspect, but yeah. through a digital scene. Steam know? probably, I mean, not that there are like a ton of competitors besides for the ones you mentioned, but Steam does a really nice job of creating as much of a community aspect as you can in digital format. Even mm -hmm. just small things like seeing what someone is playing uh -huh, when they're uh -huh. listed on your friends list. You know, there have been plenty of times where like I see like, oh, uh, this guy is playing CSGO. Well, I haven't played that in a while, but like, yeah, maybe I'll start up a game and queue up. And... I've been able to find a lot of delightful indie games on Steam and other digital platforms. Go to the forums, post about like a problem I'm having or, or a critique or a praise, and then a day later or even that night, the developer of that game responds and says, hey, thanks for the input. Let me help you out here. And that's really cool. That's really cool, and you can't necessarily get that same experience. You go to GameStop, you buy the game, you know, that's great, but you don't have those like little digital goodies that keep you connected to the cloud and all that mm -hmm. nonsense. Mm -hmm. And the browsing experience is different too. Mm -hmm. 
I, I have a thought on this because I think that a lot of people view it as a con for physical stores that you have to physically go there and buy something, whereas it's more convenient to buy something online, so that's a pro of it. But I think it might actually be reversed for mm-hmm. our wallet's sake because I'll be, <laughs> the first to, I'll be the first to admit I'm a bit of a cheapskate. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a physical store, first of all, you're holding everything you're going to buy. You're not going to buy a lot of things. If you're going to the store in the first place, it's taken a lot to get you out of the house. You're not going to do that every day. But online, it's so much easier to buy more. It's just easier to buy digitally on a card, first of all. But just the idea that if you want something, you can immediately have it, that instant gratification. You don't have to mull it over, oh, is it worth going out to get? Mm-hmm. And that might have stopped you from purchasing something yeah. in the past. You know, that idea that, oh, I really want this thing. And then you think it over. And then after a few weeks, you're like, okay, I need, I just need to get it at this point. I really need it. Mm-hmm. But think of all the times that that's happened, but it hasn't gotten to that last stage yeah. because you haven't had to wait. Uh-huh. And you're bleeding yourself dry because of it. Yeah, de- definitely it is much easier from like an mm-hmm. online shopping thing to spend more than you probably should. Because it's mm-hmm. literally a few clicks away and things like that. Uh, definitely, I can agree. Uh, you know, financial tip from Want the Game. You know, <laughs> you know, get your get your physical money, get your dollars, mm-hmm. because when you can physically feel those dollars going away, yes. you become a lot smarter with how you are spending that money mm-hmm. versus when you're just using cards. Whatever. This is the financial portion. We're gonna talk about stock markets in a minute. <laughs> yes. Our Nintendo stocks up. They are up. Stocks right. are just a game when you think about mm-hmm, it. So mm-hmm. to game the stocks. Uh, except when you lose, you you go bankrupt. So that's <laughs> okay. Hear hear me out. Uh, I gotta I gotta pitch. Mm-hmm. Let's look. Want to game? Scrap it. Done. It's, it's throw done. it away. It's over. Yeah. Let's let's start a financial podcast. Uh huh. Want to buy? Think about that. <laughs> Want to gain? Mm-hmm. Ooh, even better. <laughs> even better. Uh. So I just like the idea of you yelling, sell, 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 sell now, no, buy. I'm, I'm sorry for the audio spike on that, but it was worth it. <laughs> Audience, you can't see it, but Alex is wearing a full suit, his hair is slicked back, and he is ready to go. My palms are greased right now. <laughs> but let me tell you, let me tell you. So we've just discussed a lot of pros and a lot of cons with both digital and, and you know, physical stores. How, okay. All three of us, we are running our own physical store now. We are we are the Barnes and Noble of the game world. We're selling every game you want. Board game, uh, a card game, video game, whatever. It doesn't matter. How are we going to get these kids to come into our store? How do we remind them about the joys of a physical store? And, and how do we, you know, keep up with the times? What are, what are the techniques? I think DTTs has a lot of great ones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Try out the games yourself for a cheap price. The newsletter, get a mm-hmm. bunch of points, rewards programs. As long as it's not like GameStop where you're trying to like force them onto people every <laughs> yes. second you get, can be a lot of uh, very rewarding rewards programs. Exactly. Uh, uh, the the idea of the community aspect. Yeah, events. Mm-hmm. Events especially. So yeah, what do we think? Like how, in our theoretical hypothetical board game store what are we doing to get butts into our seats and playing our games well i think uh any business you can start from the ground floor and think okay what do people like they like to be comfortable they don't like to feel that they're just customers everyone Mm -hmm. likes to feel like they matter 
So that's an important aspect, the intimacy aspect of mm-hmm. it. For a game store, what are games? They're entertainment. What do people like when they're engaging in entertainment? They like food. So mm-hmm. you have to have food there as yeah. well. Um, okay, but games are just a limited scope. What if someone likes something else? Okay, we can add other things. We can add tea. We can yeah. add kittens. We can add improv nights because that's what they do. What are, what are people so basically, you're, you're just I'm constructing just, no, geeky tea. My business model is geeky tea. Yeah. No, but also um, something that a lot of game stores, not just geeky teas, do is you know the idea of the Jonathans of the world who have no friends. Like, how do we get them to the stores? Well, we have nights where we have all these strangers get together, and that's the whole stick of it is that you have people who don't know each other playing these games together for free for the first time and with that free experience they'll want to come back and spend more money the rewards program where you get a point for every dollar spent the idea of just incentivizing purchases while still like you know coddling the customer and making them feel like a person mm-hmm. and not just a buck is something that Geeky Tees has kind of mastered and that's yeah. why I'm using it as my business mm-hmm. model uh, to dive on another business uh, you know even though they're not really the best financially right now stock market knowledge uh, <laughs> uh, GameStop right one mm-hmm. thing that makes sense whether you like it or not is people don't just want to buy video games. They also want merch. They want their t-shirt of their favorite characters or a plush toy or whatever. And there's some big sellers. Like there is a reason Five Nights at Freddy's makes so much stupid amounts of money. Whether you like the games or not, those are some characters that you recognize immediately and little kids are gonna wanna buy the plush toys. They're gonna want the action figures. And I feel like that it's on brand. It fits within the store itself. If that's what people want, yeah, come in here. You see something extra physically there in the store. Have a variety of things. Have different reasons for people to come in. Maybe they're not here for a board game, but hey, this comic book thing you're interested in, we sell some of that too. Lots of hobbies have bleed over and bleed in. Uh, there was a comic book shop that we went to a little while back, which was mainly a comic book shop, mainly like a bookstore, but they had board games that you could get. There was a back corner where they were holding like, you know, uh, card game tournaments and things like that. And yeah, it makes sense. I feel a lot of people who like one thing, generally they might like the other, and that's something to consider. And especially when you're looking at creating events, I think you have to kind of target those sort of crossovers and figure out how you can bring together, you know, a range of different interests mm-hmm. uh, and cater to each of those. You know, earlier I was talking about the idea of, of feeling catered to, and I think that's so important when you're trying to make your business feel like more than just a business Mm -hmm. yes and on that point um i guess the interactions with the people who work there because customer service is important and let's say you go to a store you have a good interaction with a cashier that's kind of the baseline like will you go back maybe if you have a bad experience with the cashier you probably definitely won't but like Mm -hmm. i said baseline if you have a good experience with the manager oh now it's on your list of stores that you like okay you might go there out of one of the other three that's one of your options when we went to geeky tees we were shown around by the owner if you have a good experience with the owner of a place you are much, much more likely to go mm-hmm. back. So mm-hmm. the idea that because you feel personally catered to, this guy runs a business and he took time out of his day to show us all around Geeky Tees, we feel really special, don't we? So that's the idea of being catered to Yeah, helps. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And in the end, is that not what this is all about? Want a game, gaming in general, and your mom pa gaming store, yes. bringing people together, making them feel accepted and wanted and excited to share this hobby we all really like. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's a lot to discuss with stores and the shopping experience. I think we discussed a lot today. But with all this said, I think it's time to start wrapping up. I think it's time to, to, to close the, the chapter. We here. have to get back to dancing some polka music. The polka yeah. music is getting louder and aggressive, and they are coming. And it's getting harder to resist. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get some final words in. John, anything you'd like to tell our, our listening audience right now? I think that if you aren't someone who you know looks for these sort of physical stores... Take a chance on that. I, I think it is worth kind of discovering the community. Or if you're not ready for that, because it's not necessarily catered to every personality, then, you know, find your online community. Because ultimately, you know, we're all passionate about games in some capacity. So why not experience that with others? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the fun that I have doing something is automatically amplified when I'm doing it with other people who like doing it as well. And so that's the idea of these sort of game shops, is just being able to experience a game that you love with people that you care about in an environment that's great. And something that everyone, I think, should experience, especially if you love games. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with Jonathan. All right, perfect, perfect. With that, all being said, I'd like to thank you all for listening, and I'd like to leave you all good night. And good game. And a sell, sell, sell. And a sell, sell, sell. We gotta buy this, we gotta sell this, and we gotta do it right now. He's ready to go. Mm-hmm.